Hey guys, Nick Drosso, Dr. Andrew Steinberg, and welcome to another episode of Have the Balls to Talk About It. And this week, our guest, Peter, How you my good, good friend Peter. So, uh, we've done many shows, uh, over 50 now, uh, but we've never done one on such a, I think, important, huge topic, and that's on uh, homosexuality. And uh, Peter, if any of you know or don't know, is my best friend since we're 12 years old. And uh, we've been waiting for this uh, for a long time to get him on the show and, and talk about uh, experiences. So I think we needed to break this up into a couple of things. And, and, you know, obviously it's different to be gay today than it was to be gay when we were growing up. Um, and I think we should tell the story of how you came out. <laughs> So you want to tell you mean, it? Or how, you mean how you outed me, right? How I outed Peter. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm the one. Did you out him? Yeah. So, so the story was is that we were probably about 24, and like I said, we were friends since we're 12. Uh, and I was hearing people coming up to me and saying, "Hey, is, is Peter gay? Is Peter, you know?" And I, at that I, point, did you ever think, or did I you? never thought about it, and I kept on. I was saying, I don't know. I he never. It was such a sudden. I had all these girls running after me. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, Peter was with more girls than any of us. You know, he had girlfriends, and it was completely. You know, I never thought of it. I guess it. You know, maybe today it's a little bit different because we think about it more. It's so much more out there. So, uh, I called Peter one day, and I said, "Listen, I need to talk to you about something serious. Something." And he said, yeah, what is it? Was it awkward for you to do this? I was nervous. I was, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know where to go with it. So I called him up and I said, listen, I, I, I've been hearing rumors. That's exactly what I said. I've been hearing rumors. And if it's not true, I want to put an end to the rumors. And if it's true, I want to know why the hell you didn't tell me. And it's about you being gay. And do you remember what you answered me? I said, do you blame me for not telling you? Do you blame you? me for not telling you? So... And we're going back 20, 25, wow. 27 years or, or whatever. 1994, 93. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, you know, I'll let you tell your side of it, but I was insulted. I said, well, you, what, what did you expect? Did you expect me not to be friends with you? Did you expect to be mad at you? Did you expect me to be what? So in a way, and, and it's selfish from our point, but I, I kind of felt betrayed. You know, here was my best friend and I don't know the most, one of the most important things about his life, you know? And so I was upset. Of course, I understood that it must be hard and it must have been difficult to come on. And uh, just to finish my part of the story, you know, he said, okay, uh, we talked for an hour and then he went to call some of our other friends to tell them. We all got together, our group of friends, the next day and had a coming out party. And then within three days, I think the whole city knows. And, you know, Peter knew a lot of people. He's very social and, and whatever. And, uh, you know. If you're gay and coach St. Luke, then they find out like the next day. You can't walk through the Cavendish Mall without everybody knowing, you know, so, no, or any of your business for that matter. It's not just, you know, so, uh, but it was obviously very re refreshing for me and very, uh, a ton of bricks off my shoulder. It wasn't so much about my friends, it was my parents. Your parents. If it gets back to my parents before I get to them or, that's what you're always worried about. It wasn't Andrew that I was worried about not telling him that I was gay and I know he could keep a secret, but in Cote St. Luke, there's no secrets. <laughs> so, so that was my. Was it? Was it one of the? Was Andrew one of the reasons why you came out when he asked you? Is that? Well, I, I, I was getting to the point where I would have had to anyway. My, my sister knew. Yeah. I had a partner at the time that I didn't hide from my mother. I, so she kind of knew, but without me telling her, but she knew. 
Uh, you were getting sloppy. I was getting that's sloppy. Why, that's, why, that's why the rumors were coming out, because right. people, people and saw I was never, I was never home. I was always at my partner's place, but I had to keep my apartment, right? And there were no cell phones back then, so you couldn't have the, so the call, leave a message. I'd call him for my messages every 20 seconds. Thank God there was no call display back then, because I would call from his house, and nobody would know where I was going from. Today you can't do that, you know? You're, you, you can be tracked wherever you are. But it was like a, a ton of bricks lifted off my shoulders. I told... But you were living too... Complete separate life because yeah. I swear, I mean, we still got together and friends and, and traveled together and, and everything. And I had no idea, no idea. And, and I even went back and I said, what did I miss? Like, how did I miss that? You know, yeah. you feel kind of stupid for sure. Well, if, you, if you're not looking for it, you don't suspect it. So yeah. And your mother was okay with it? Yeah, my mother knew. Because your father? I was, I, uh, Carla would bring me to my mother's house for dinner every Monday night. <laughs> And we had no reason, he was seven years older than me, and we didn't work together, he didn't go to McGill. There was no reason for me to be friends with this guy so close, like from left field. So my mother figured it out. Mother always knows, right? She was fine. Everybody was fine, except for my father. Uh, usually dads have the hardest time with it. Being Greek, you know, in the yeah. community and in any cultural community, it's not. But ours, ours is a little bit more Jewish, Italian, Greek. That mentality is a little bit, especially... Absolutely. 25 years ago. Yeah, any cultural community. It, it, yeah. it took, takes a lot to come out. And, and it was a movie. I look, what, what was it? Mambo Italiano. My son's a homosexuality. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good thing. Uh, that, 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 I don't remember his name, the playwright who, who wrote it, the Italian guy. It was his story. And, and, Based in Montreal. Yeah, in Montreal. It was a play at Centaur Theatre. They made it into a movie. And it was the, 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 they exaggerated, but the mother was very proud of her son being homosexual. She wasn't hiding it, you know? And I had the good fortune of being with an Italian for 12 years. So I was, I'm more, me, me, I'm more Italian than I'm Jewish sometimes, you know? <laughs> so, uh, and, and his mother was fine with it because he was dating a Jewish guy. So she was very happy about that because, you know, I could get her a good doctor or a good lawyer or a good accountant. She <laughs> so she was very happy. Udrif, Udrif, very good, you know? So, so but my dad was, was the big one. He had no idea, totally left field. Uh, we had a, was he in denial over it? Yeah, he, we had a dinner and, and everybody was all nervous and <clears throat> I was very calm and I, I just I told him and then the first thing he did was he poured himself a drink and he took his puffer for his chest pain <laughs> and I said, it's going to happen right here, it's going to be my fault, you know, <laughs> 50 years old and he's going to go because his son is gay, but then he had a hard time with it, he really did, but he came around, he realized that it was uh, not a choice. He came around very very slow yeah absolutely he went he, he, i forced him to go with his second wife my parents were divorced to a, a social worker who specializes in, in the community he didn't want to talk about his problems uh, in front of strangers they were i think there were five couples with with gay children all jewish and the social worker was a jewish lady so for him that was comforting and it was actually good because he was able to be in a situation where he could vent and say it's a, it's a bottom. It's just disgusting. It's the worst thing. It's, it's why me? I'm the only one in the world. What did I do wrong? Is it genetic? Uh, should I go back to my ancestors in Poland to find out where uh, where we went wrong? Literally. Did this, he go that far? This, this is this, this is like in his thought process. Is there a, is there a vaccine somewhere? Like, <laughs> so. But the other parents were the same way. So, any, anyone anyone he would say to in our in our immediate family would say you're being you're not being nice. It's still your son, uh, you know, unconditional love and all that. He's still the same. So he had. No, no, no friends who were supporting him. So there were 3,000 people in my corner and him in his corner. So, and that, that, I realized that much later on. At the time, I was very confrontational. But as I grew up and, and, and grew into my gay life and my open gay life, I realized that can't be easy for a dad 
who's already, I knew, remember Archie Bunker? Yes. We like, okay. But my father's like the Jewish version of Archie Bunker. <laughs> so yeah, he, everybody, everyone's okay as long as they're not in my family, right? Not in my backyard type of thing. And he went and I don't know what went on in those sessions, but apparently a lot of things were said that would upset me or probably upset anybody here sure. in terms of, but he had to say it, he had to get it out and, and have a sympathetic ear. And I, then he called me and invited me to, uh, I think it was Passover with my partner. Wow. Yeah, so that was like... So that was a big step. That was a big right step. Now. That was a big step. And uh, he saw it was a nice guy and he liked him and, uh, and, and he came from a good family and, and he was like, it was like he would have liked him for his daughter, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> for his so, I, want, I want to, because uh, I want to talk about now what it's like, but I want to go back uh, to when you first, two things, when you first sort of thought about it or, or entertained the idea that you were gay and two, what it was like in high school. Well, when someone asks me, uh, when did you know? My response is, oh, when did you know you were straight? I was really he, young. He's still, he's still, <laughs> he's still battling that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the guy with the bling and the, and the bracelets and the diamonds and the, and the jewelry. I wear no jewelry just for dinner. But yeah, Nick's wearing a lot of diamonds. But, but no, I always ask that. When did you know you were straight? It's sexuality. I believe we're born this way. Uh, and they've done studies on, on, on you know, brains that are given to science. That so you were There's different parts young. of the brain that are developed differently. You were very young. Yeah, you know, right. When you're first having those sexual thoughts when you're a kid, and you don't know what they are, you're babysitter, okay? You're, you're five and she's 12, or, and she's going through puberty, and, you're, and you feel something, and you, right. see, you don't know what it is, but you know you like looking at your babysitter, right? Uh, you, it's the same type of thing. Like, but you don't think it's wrong because you're young. You don't know that yeah. it's, it's wrong to look at a man. So you were attracted to men from a young age? It's not that I knew that. No, no, you're attracted, but the, that's, the, that's those, what those, you were. That feeling, that first feeling yeah. you had, a sexual, a sexual feeling, I don't know if we're three or five or, or in the womb, I don't know when it starts because there's different uh, theories of, of when sexuality develops. But, uh, but I had no problem being with girls either. And there's a lot of men today who, oh. are, who are married and still have... So, so, so do you remember like, battling it when you were yeah, young? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember or, thinking it's going to go away, right? And eventually I'll just get married and have kids and live a normal life like everybody else and, and live in Coast St. Luke and my kids will go to Bialik. And uh, it didn't work out that way, but I figured, I figured I could repress it. So did you think you were maybe bisexual at some point? No. You no. knew you were gay? I knew. I knew and then it, you had girlfriends too, right? Yeah. And then eventually it becomes how was like... That? How was that? Well, high school. Think, think about high school and, and CGIP years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I had girlfriends. You try to repress it, but then you, you act on it too. I mean, it's, it's a normal thing. If I told you, you, you have to abstain, but there's girls running after you. Would you be able to? No. Because <laughs> sorry, I'm not doing this. You, know, you can't, you know, especially when you're 17, 18, 19, your hormones are going berserk, right? When you're a teenager. So I, okay, I said, eventually it'll just go away. And I was with one girl for three years in McGill. Who uh, Andrew knew because uh, his his girlfriend at the time and my girlfriend at the time were arch enemies. <laughs> That's a little sidebar. But they made up and they became friends for our sake. And we went we went on weekends together. And and I was with her. And then we broke up. And I went to Israel for a year. And I met a nice girl in Israel from Los Angeles. And I couldn't do it. I tried and I couldn't do it. I said like, who am I kidding? And now I knew like when I get back from Israel, that's it. I'm going to start my life. But all through, all through these times, you were having in, in interspersed you know, relationships with men. Yeah, absolutely. And there are many men still today who are married with women and have sidebar things with men. And they go to bars or they go to the bathhouses, which just, is unfortunate. because They just that, keep repressing it forever. Exactly. But those are the places where you know, the STDs are, are more, more prevalent. Uh, people don't practice safe sex in those environments. 
and these men could be going home to their wives and potentially uh, contaminating them. So, so it's, uh, it's... What do you think makes them live like that? The fear of coming out, having yeah. both lives, like, like... Well, I would imagine that it's, you know, if you're 18 and want to come out, that's one thing, but if you've been living your life for yeah. right. 50 years, exactly. like, how do you come out? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, st it's still taboo. Like, we, we live in Montreal, Quebec is a very progressive society. Uh, you know, the church ran the province for many, many years, and then the Quiet Revolution came in, and people don't get married anymore, and they have very few kids, and no one goes to church. So Quebec, it's fine. It's fait à vie, puis tout est beau, right? You think it's still like that? I feel yes, that it it's still like more that. open. You look at social media, you look at what people are posting. Because you're, looking at, you're looking at our society, exactly. not it's still, some of the other... It's still, uh, teen suicide is, I don't know, three or four or five times more prevalent for gay teens than non-gay teens who, who suffer from other mental health issues, bullying and things like that. But it's not... Uh, so but but you, it gets better campaign. Do, do, you feel, do you feel like I'm thinking when you came out, that must have been hard. I'm thinking today it's probably easier. It's more accepted. Yes. In, 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 There's in, a progress either way. In Montreal, yes. Uh, in Toronto, yes. But in uh, uh, Des Moines, Iowa, maybe no. Or in, or in Cheyenne, Wyoming, probably not. These, these are like right-wing, redneck, Christian-going, yeah. church-going people. And no son of mine is going to be gay. If you take Dick Cheney, his daughter is a lesbian, right? And he, he was the vice president. And the whole marriage act came up at that time, and it was a very big deal for him. Because, and that's why he couldn't run for president, because his daughter was oh, a lesbian. I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he couldn't, on the one hand, go to his daughter's lesbian wedding and then get up to his followers and his base and say, I'm against same-sex marriage, and marriage is between a man and a woman. And, and people have those beliefs. Uh, Donald Trump is a, is a homophobe. He's a clear homophobe, you know, uh, and he doesn't hide it. He, he says it in a subtle way, and then all his followers will latch onto that, right? You just need one leader to be against it, and, and, and the evangelical guys and who, who preach in the churches and things like that. Uh, and it's unfortunate because it should be more about inclusion and diversity. Mm. Have, you, have you experienced any. Uh, question. Um, Not to my face. Hate or not to my face. And no, you do it behind your back. Yeah, I do it behind my back. But it's ironic because I'm I'm uh, an Anglophone, Jewish, and gay. So I got in, in Quebec an Anglo Quebecer, a Jewish Quebecer, which is a minority, and I'm gay also. And people that work, they say for the statistics, all I would need is to be in a wheelchair, and I'd fill all four groups, right? <laughs> and and, and uh, with with uh, affirmative action. But I ne none of those things ever bothered me, and and I've been I've had more more bigotry against me. At, to my face as a Jewish person than as a gay person, which isn't a good thing either. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, either way, it's bad. But yeah, uh, the, the gay thing is a non-issue. I lived with my partner in Vaudreuil, which is a very young family bedroom community with 2.2 kids and a, and a piscine en terre, you know? Like, yeah. And we never thought about it. It was just like a normal thing. We lived in a townhouse with about, about 15 houses. There was the association. We knew our neighbors. It was like, maybe they said, that, oh, that's the gay couple over there. Like, yeah, but I mean, it wasn't derogatory. Yeah, yeah. That's how we are. Yeah. We had a couple next to us that's the Italian couple. Before we knew their names, it was the Italian couple. So we were the gay couple. And no one had an issue with it. So it, was, it became a non-issue. And if you look at the gay village in Montreal now, unfortunately, it's pretty much, even pre-COVID, it's finished. It's, the, the restaurants are closed, bars are closed. There's no need for it anymore. Right. What, what do you mean? I think that's people, gay people don't need to be in a cloister environment. Yeah, where it's funny, right, you know, right. I, I had a patient last week who was, I think, 50, and we're, 
it was for sexual issue, and he, and he sort of at one point in the conversation said, you know, well, I, I'm gay, and, and he, he starts to explain an issue, and he goes, I hope I didn't make you feel uncomfortable. So it was strange that he even had to preface it right. by saying that I would feel uncomfortable knowing that he's gay and right. that he has intercourse with a man. You know, it was... But you uh, told him that you see naked men 15 times a day, right? So <laughs> I told him, I said, listen, in my field, there's nothing you can say that's going <laughs> to insult me and I'm, I'm here to help you and not judge in any way and, and whatever. But uh, it was just interesting that at 50 years old with a, I'm, you know, I'm not an 80-year-old doctor, right. that he had to excuse... Excuse it, not you know. It was a thing. It was a thing, right? Still. And 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 every time I started a, a new job, I mean, I've been with the government for thirty years, but different mandates. So I got a promotion, moved to Ottawa. It's like satakamasa each time, because then they want to know about you. It's a normal thing. They do want. You, to, do, you, do you do you come out and say, hey, I don't, I'm gay, or no, you just if I don't people... say. But then they they come. I'm a sociable guy. Mm. If I didn't talk to anybody, it would be. I know guys that work who are gay who are very. They're not closeted, but they're very quiet as it is, yeah. they don't talk about their vacation. I talk about my vacation. So I said, we, he, he, we, we, like I was have to be very careful at, at the beginning. I wasn't gonna lie and say she. So it was always like, we, we did this and we did that. And, and my, my travel companion, I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, when I moved to Ottawa, I remember all the girls wanted to know what my story was. I, I used to say, not that I'm a, a Greek God like you are, but I used to say, if, if, if I didn't look good and I wasn't nice and I was ugly and I was uh, not attractive and I'm not a good guy and no one would want to, no girl would want to be with me anyway, right? But when I came in and I looked good and I presented myself well and I, you know, I flirt and so they were, hey, uh, you know, no story, is he single? Does he have a girlfriend? And then that, that's when it starts the, so I used to say, in a way, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a victim of my success. In that <laughs> way. But you also, but you also, you you own it a little bit. Yeah. You know, you're not, you know, for for my girls, he was always Uncle Peter. You know, the gay Uncle Peter, yeah. uh, and he's he's not afraid to. It's not in your face, but he's not afraid, or, or at least in, in our world, to to. Uh, well, even, well, he owns it. You can joke and joke about it, but yeah. I, I joke about everything. I make fun of myself about everything, right? I'm the first. I make fun of everybody else. But I get away with it because I make fun of my. I'm the first one to make fun of myself, right? I'll tease you, but I'll, it'll, it'll be prefaced by something about, you know, putting myself down first, and that's that. How makes do you it fun. feel? And since you came out to today, I mean, how do you feel? Um, the, what's the progression has been that you've seen? Because if we have a 20-year-old watching, and you know this video, and and they're in the closet, they're afraid. Yeah, right. I, I would rewind that. I would say 14 or 15. Yeah. Right. Each case is different, individual. You, have, you need someone to talk to. And I had no one to talk to, right? You're, it's, you're, it's, it's, it's a living hell. That's what it's called, living hell. Could have talked to me. I could have talked to you. And then he became a urologist. So, you know, the whole thing was very, very <laughs> weird. <laughs> and uh, you, have, you need to find a guidance counselor. There is somebody somewhere who you can trust and talk to. And... You know, I, I, I could picture it because my, my father's going to kill me. My parents are going to kick yeah, me. I know guys who got kicked out of their house. Right. And young guys, they're 25 or 30. They're not, yeah. they're not my age. And, and they, came... they shouldn't be living at home anymore. No, at the time <laughs> when they were 18, they got kicked out of their house. Like, can you imagine your parents kick you out of the house yeah. because you're gay? I mean, I've, that... I've heard stories of, of, of that. Yes. Yeah. And, that, and, must... and that's no, there's not specific to any community. It could be French Canadian, it could be Greek, it could be English, it could be French. My parents kicked me out of the house because I'm gay. That's, and when you hear that, it just rips your heart out. Yeah. Because you're, you just have to love your children unconditionally, right? Absolutely. And, and for everything else, these kids are good kids. 
they're doing the right thing. They go to school, they're polite, they, you know, they're, they're, they're no problem with the law, they don't take drugs, yeah. but they're gay, out of the house, you know? It's, so it's, it's, but these... Well, yeah. it's good that we've seen the community and the awareness grow and everything be, be more open, because I think it's so important, because they shouldn't be suffering over this. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's I when, just imagine I, living like... It's a living hell. Yeah, it must be. And when I see a 15-year-old kid going to prom with his boyfriend, or, or a girl going with, 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 her, with her partner, and they go to the prom together, and they're allowed to go to the prom together. That's another thing. In the States, you see that all the time. They want to go to the school, won't let them. Two girls can't go to the prom together. Well, there was, there was just a Netflix uh, with Meryl Streep, uh, a whole uh, Netflix movie about it, a musical, about exactly that, two girls. But, and I'm watching this, and again, maybe it's because of the world I'm growing up in. I'm saying, it's too, 2020. Why is it an issue? Why is this still a thing? Yeah, why are we even having the I discussion? I can't believe exactly. it. And, and it just makes you think that, yes, Montreal, progressive and so on exactly but, but i guess to so many people this is still a right. a major major thing it's you go to crazy. new york go to miami go to la it's, it's it's in your face there i mean it's just it's everywhere but did you go to a small town in in in, in mississippi yeah. and and uh, i know in the african-american community and the african-canadian community and the haitian community it's that's, very taboo yeah it's very true. very but, taboo but you know it's funny because now it's it's okay oh he's gay he's not he's only gay thank god he's not a a transsexual you know right. so it's exactly. now being gay is mainstream but exactly. then we have something else that's which is now yeah. more out there that, that it's you know so it's how do you uh, feel about that when you see that you know it's now we have transgender and all these new kind of I, I think i think that it's it always existed it's just people were not able to go forward with it for societal reasons costs were prohibitive whereas now the government will pay for sex reassignment because it is a uh, a mental Medical. health issue, mm -hmm. and it's, it's your, you could be born wrong, I mean, I believe it, and they could correct it and make can, you have can a... Can you say that? Mental health? Or it, would that... No, be... you have mental health issues as a result of. of it. It's okay. not a mental health, but, and, and most people are become depressed, uh, suicide yeah, rates yeah. are high, and they withdraw from society completely, all because of something that could be helped for them, and they have the resources are there, and now, I know the Quebec government, I believe, the army pays for re re gender reassignment for their soldiers, which is a great thing, because it's, it's like a $50,000 operation. I mean, nobody can afford that. So I think that it's out front and center. I think that's very good, and it's important. Awesome. It's, if I told you that you couldn't live your life as, tomorrow as, as, a, as a Greek man who's, who, who's a personal trainer, you have to put all that in the drawer and never do it again, you'd be miserable. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Right? So uh, I, I think, though, that there are still kids who are suffering, and they have to, they have to have, find someone that they could trust. It's one person. It starts with one person. And if you look on YouTube, there was the campaign that uh, it was Hillary and Bill uh, piggybacked onto it. This guy who started it, it was called the It, it Gets Better campaign. Mm -hmm. And it's for those teenagers who are suffering and to let them know that it does get better. You have to have the gay balls to talk about it. Gay balls <laughs> to talk about it. Peter, thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, guys. This I is think good. It's a great topic and, and definitely like a great story. And, Thank you for sharing it, and I hope that somebody who's going to watch this is not going to live in that Absolutely. fear and just come out and, and, and open up to at least one person, like you said. I think that's the best advice. And you can go online. There's resources. Yeah. Uh, you just type in, you know, uh, teen, gay, help. Just three words, and you'll get a whole slew of community resources to help. Well, Anonymous. When, when we post this, we should put some links. Yeah, I'll put the it. link on the comment box. They have bilingual services. They have gay quit. And just, call, just call Peter. So guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Have the Boss to Talk About It. Peter, you definitely had the boss to talk about it. So you could just... Teabagging. Teabagging. <laughs>